0: Hello and welcome to Drabblecast, episode 22. The Drabblecast is a weekly podcast that features stories of an atypical nature. Strange stories by strange authors for strange listeners such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. I'm not going to waste a lot of time in the intro this week because today's story is a whopper. Part 2 of the Black and White Animals Trilogy. Next week, the winner of the Drabblecast Haiku Contest will be revealed as a character in the trilogy's conclusion. If you're a new listener, you'll want to check out the top five haikus in the haiku section of our website at www.drabblecast.org and vote for your favorite. You stragglers still have five days or so to send a quick email to drabblecast at yahoo.com telling us which of the haiku finalists you like the best. Also, if you're a new listener, you may want to listen to episode 11 of the Drabblecast before basking in today's glorious Drabble. Episode 11 is part one of the Black and White Animals trilogy. The trilogy is a ridiculous project written by myself and Drabblecast co-editors Kendall Marchman and Luke Coddington. Don't worry, we won't hog the weekly Drabble like this too often with our own stories, but this premise is just too golden to not share with the world. You'll see what I mean. In other news, we have a new email address for submissions, Drabblecast at yahoo.com. You can send your own stories of 2,000 words or less to us, and if we like it, we'll narrate and broadcast it out to a marginal slice of the world population. Check out our submission guidelines, also on our webpage, at www.drabblecast.org. Well, on to today's story. We'll begin with a quick recap of the events that transpired one hot summer afternoon in a zoo not so far away.
1: Last time on Black and White Animals, Secret Weapons. Resources on our planet are now exhausted. Our people starve in the streets. They will surely revolt soon. After 4,000 years, it is now time to claim our destiny on planet Earth. Humanity's end has arrived. Activate the secret weapons. Is it true, Mommy? Is it true? Are we
0: really going to the zoo tomorrow? Yes, Harry, but you know what? I bet all the other boys and girls going on the field trip are already in bed by now. So get yourself tucked in, mister. Reports are coming in from all over the globe this hour, in what can only be described as absolute pandemonium. National authorities are claiming that various species of black and white animals are revolting around the world, using some sort of mind control power that witnesses call a telepathic tranquilizer, to pacify and control anyone within proximity.
2: The human nations are helpless against our secret weapons, sire. Shall I notify the first wave of colonists to prepare for departure through the portal?
1: There could be no better time.
0: My black and white brothers, for 4,000 years our kind have lived on this planet biding our time and today we are called to use our powers together so that the empire those that sent us here in the ancient times can return through the portal we shall create to take this land for their own however i stand before you today to tell you that we were meant for greater glory i tell you friends No portal shall be opened on this day, this day of ascension, this day of dominion, this day of freedom.
2: The secret weapons, the black and white animals, they seem to have revolted. The portal opened only for a minute, your highness and a letter was passed through before it closed. What letter?
1: What did it say?
2: It's from the secret force's commander, Ling Ling the Panda. He merely says, We've grown rather fond of this planet's bamboo and have decided to keep it for ourselves.
1: I'll get that panda!
0: Travelcast Productions is proud to present A story of injustice and revenge A story of redemption and sacrifice A story of buoyant hope Battered but not surmounted In a world overcome with darkness Black and white animals too Vengeful hearts High Ming, descendant of Tam Tam the fifth, was a caring and gentle father to his young panda cub. One day, you will lead us, my son. You will lead us all to glory. He would croon this mantra to the furless little pink worm of a panda in his paws. One day. Young Ling Ling grew quickly and followed the footsteps of his father, groomed to be the next leader of all black and white animals, the secret weapons of an alien race far, far off among the stars. But one day, everything changed. My son, wait here while I collect bamboo by the riverbank. I shall not be long. Yes, father. The cool, swift river spilled over and around many smooth stones, creating music that lulled young Ling Ling into a gentle reverie. The sun warmed Ling Ling's soft, furry belly as he lay on his back, and he hummed a whimsical melody to himself. Ling Ling was profoundly lost in his silly daydreams when his father's voice bellowed from afar. Ling Ling! Run! Humans! Ling Ling looked up to see two furtive-looking humans approaching through the bush with large nets in hand. Ling Ling became frozen with fear as one of the humans spotted him, vulnerable and petrified on his back. Ling Ling closed his eyes and awaited the sensation of cruel rope shrouding and ensnaring his body. Just then, however, Lingling's father erupted from the forest wall and tackled the closest human with a net, biting down on the man's shoulder with an iron grip. The two grappled for only a moment before Lingling's father effortlessly separated the man's right arm from his torso. The man screamed in agony and terror. The other human backed off, fumbling for his weapon. If I could only use my powers now, thought Lingling. Ling. Why has the Emperor forbid it? I could save my father. This thought was immediately interrupted as the second human pulled a small firearm from his belt and fired it at high Min. The great panda fell limply to the forest floor. After the despondent orphan panda was carried away in a net and his miserable howls could only be heard in the far distance, the cool swift and callous river decided to resume its symphony with the stones Lingling spent the rest of his childhood and young adult life in a zoo far away from his homeland within him grew a deep rage not only against humans the buffoons who killed his father and now made him wear silly hats and play with colorful balls but also against the damnable alien empire. They had sent his kind here so long ago and forbid them to use their powers until the time was right. They were just as responsible for his father's death as the humans. His father had given his life to try to save him. Ling Ling would never forget that sacrifice. Never. And he would have vengeance. Brenda had become somewhat used to her accommodations, if not attached. It was only a few weeks ago that she joined her son's class on a field trip to the zoo. Everything was different then. Those few weeks now seemed as distant as the technological divide between humanity, the species that once ruled Earth, and the secret alien weapons that were implanted so long ago as black and white animals. At first... Humanity tried to resist the attack of the black-and-white animals. They were only animals, after all. All too quickly, however, the hope that lived within humanity had been replaced by shock and supplication. Brenda remembered how Lingling Ling the Panda mauled that little boy in that first terrifying attack, and shuddered to think what other atrocities had been committed over the past few weeks. While chaos swirled around her, somehow she remained calm and stolid. Upon her placement in the human cage, other prisoners began to tell her of the black-and-white animal's telepathic ability, and she observed incredulously as one revolt after another was brutally quelled. Human ingenuity had thus far proven no match for animal passion and ancient alien technology she tried to convince herself to hope. Hope that somewhere there were still insurgents battling for all of humanity. But it became harder each time she saw red human blood stain the monocolored hides of her oppressors. Today, as hope once more tried to swell inside her, something soft and warm hit her in the head. She looked down to see a McDonald's Big Mac lying at her feet, and then assumed a defensive posture as a black-and-white colobus monkey guard pelted the humans inside her cage with a barrel of greasy burgers. Feeding time! An anonymous, British-sounding voice yelled through the cage's speakers. Light years away, the alien emperor, Mersats was plotting against the weapons he had once hoped would increase his grandeur. It was imperative that Earth was brought into the Empire, otherwise more of his kind would starve and suffer from lack of resources. Thoughts of how this would tarnish his legacy were being replaced by more personal concerns. It was only four Xurbutts ago that an angry mob attacked the last emperor and ripped all of his heads from his body using only their bare forceps. Mirzatz knew he had only one chance to acquire Earth back from the black and white animals who had revolted against his command, and vengeance filled each of his three hearts.
1: Send me the champion. He will surely crush those black and white animals, Mirzatz commanded. Champion. This treachery cannot be tolerated. Travel to Earth in an essence transporter and take an Earthling as a host. Then bring me the head of the panda chieftain. Make examples of all who stand in your way.
2: I have never failed you, master,
1: replied the champion
2: and this conflict will not be the first to dissipate before my steady gaze."
0: Meanwhile, back on Earth. Brenda choked back her nausea as she stared at the soggy Big Mac in her hand. She had not believed it at first, but word was that the black and white animals felt no sympathy for their multicolored brethren and failed to release them from the subjugation that they experienced together at the hands of humanity. The burger wrapped in her hand bore a golden seal assuring the conscientious consumer that Big Macs were now black and white animal-free. She shuddered and cast her meal for the day to the ground, silently vowing that the only meat she would ever eat again would be that of her new captors. The lukewarm burger sailed through the air and landed with a satisfying squish at the edge of her zoo enclosure. A border collie that had been observing the captive humans from the sidewalk ventured over to sniff the burger, and Brenda noticed, with surprise, that it had a leash in its mouth. Her confusion turned to depression then, As the collie gave a tug on the leash and a dirty little human child stumbled into view, the business end of the leash attached firmly around the boy's neck. The boy stopped suddenly then, staring at Brenda for a few seconds before faltering and uttering the words, Mommy, is that you? It was her son, Harry. Before she could find the wherewithal to respond, the border collie, which was walking her son, began to move off down the sidewalk, growling at Harry and then nipping at his heels to move him along. Harry strained to keep eye contact with his mother as his new master ushered him away. After he passed beyond her eyesight, Brenda slumped to the ground, never having felt so defeated and just as she decided her life could sink no lower into despair, her colobus monkey guardian hit her square in the forehead with a ripe handful of banana-flavored feces. Just around the corner, Harry had reached his tipping point. His natural eight-year-old stubbornness had not been totally beaten out of him yet, and he was hungry, hot, and dirty, He crumbled into a whiny heap on the zoo sidewalk, demanding that his desires be appeased. It might have been the last tantrum he would ever throw, as the border collie and a group of nearby French bulldogs began to slowly bear down on him, growling with frustration and eager to revenge the years of demeaning life in which they had all coped with human petulance. Just then, there was a loud crack. (laughs) As if lightning had struck nearby, and black and white animals and humans alike were thrown to the ground. Harry's body went stiff as all thoughts in his mind were replaced with the words I am the champion, and you shall all pay for your insolence. Herr Lingling, come quickly, barked a portly sea lion messenger. A human child has gone berserk." Ling Ling leaped out of his afternoon nap into full alertness. A human child? Impossible. The great panda chief's ears tucked back in suspicion. It is the truth, Herr Ling Ling. The child has great strength, and our powers do not affect him. Ling Ling ground his teeth together and sprinted forward down the hot pavement toward the commotion. This news could only mean one thing, and it wasn't good. Ahead of him, he made out the figure of a human child, no older than eight xerbuffs old, hurling pit bulls through the air like softballs. Bring me Ling Ling the Panda Chieftain, bellowed the boy as he chucked another guard dog into the bushes. Tell him the champion has come for his black and white coat. Ling Ling froze. It was the champion. May the gods have mercy. I am here, champion, roared Ling Ling. The zoo went silent. Monkeys, goats, cows, all held their tongues and gazed upon their leader with anxious eyes. Ling Ling the panda, smirked champion Harry. So good to see you. Uh, You know, the Emperor isn't too happy with you right now. In fact, I'm supposed to bring him your pretty little head to decorate the wall in his new palace that's going up here on Earth. Let us do this thing, then, growled Ling Ling. Foolish panda, snarled Champion Harry, raising his fists for battle. There was a moment where all was still. A moment frozen in time. Right before Ling Ling lunged at the eight-year-old boy with a commanding fury. The boy caught the panda by the hind leg and swung him into a maintenance shack, which collapsed and folded around the animal. Ling Ling emerged with unbridled ferocity and dove once more at the child catching the boy's left arm in his mighty paws. The boy shrieked in pain, and slammed his other arm down on the panda's back, but Ling Ling held tight, securing his other paw around the boy's hip, pushing the child to the floor. Ling Ling's teeth flashed in the afternoon sun as he plunged his head forward at the boy, but before his jaws could connect with supple young flesh, the eight-year-old kicked the panda squarely in the stomach, sending him hurling 15 yards away a nearby human fence. Meanwhile, Brenda wiped monkey feces from her forehead. Anger spurned forth from inside her. It was almost as if the feces were a splash of cold water, waking her from her mollified stupor. What was she doing here? A prisoner in some cage, being fed soggy fast food and pelted with feces? She was a human being, dammit! Her kid should be at soccer practice right now. She should be watching daytime soaps. She peered up at the laughing colobus monkey above and shouted, Oh, you think that's funny, eh? The monkey responded with a shocked expression as Brenda leapt forward and grabbed the monkey by the tail, pulling him downward and slamming him into the cage wall. With her other hand, she reached out and grabbed the cell key clenched in the monkey's toes as the little creature slumped over, temporarily unconscious. "'I'm going to find Harry,' she whispered to herself. When she approached the bottom of the hill, her body went rigid. Before her eyes stood Lingling, Ling, the giant panda, looming over her son who seemed to be trapped in some sort of collapsed fencing.' the panda was obviously about to bear down upon her helpless son. Without thinking at all, she charged the panda, tackling the beast with every fiber of strength and willpower within her, and the two collapsed onto the pavement, nodded and bemused. After a few moments, she regained her senses and looked up to find her son standing over her, apparently freed from the fencing and holding an enormous boulder above his head. Oh, looky here. Two birds with one stone. (laughs) Hehehehe, said the eight-year-old boy. Harry, what are you doing? gasped Brenda. Put that down. Wait, how are you even picking that up? Harry? I ain't no Harry, you stupid human. I'm the frickin' champion. And you're about to be good buddies with the bottom of this boulder. Harry, listen to me. I, I don't know what's going on. I haven't been able to make sense of anything lately. All, all these penguins and, and telepathic powers. I, I just wanted to take you to the zoo. I just wanted to see you happy. I don't know what's going on anymore, Harry. But but I'm your mother, and I know I love you. Champion Harry froze. His little arms quivered below the weight of the massive boulder he was supporting. His eyes welled up with tears. Put the boulder down, Harry. Put the boulder down. Champion Harry nodded his face up and screeched at the top of his lungs. His whole body was shaking. He launched the boulder off into a hippo pond thirty feet away and fell to his knees. His horrifying screams continued as he grabbed fistfuls of hair and began convulsing on the floor. No! he cried, writhing violently on the floor. No! And then stillness. Harry. Harry, are are you okay? There was no response. Harry! For God's sakes! Harry! The boy coughed. Ma? Oh, thank God! Thank God! Brenda held Harry in her arms and wept with utter abandon. Human, came a voice from behind her. Brenda turned to see the giant panda looming over her. Fear filled every inch of her body, and she tucked her injured son beneath her. You stay away from my son, or I swear... Human, you... you charged at me. Why... Because you are about to kill my son. Any parent would do that for their child. It's called love. Something you wouldn't understand, Panda. No. You're wrong, human. Ling, ling. ling, ling. Run. run, run, run humans. humans. I understand. More than you might think. How could a panda understand love and sacrifice? "'cried Brenda. "'Perhaps we are not so different after all, human. "'You and I... "'Are you going to eat us now?' "'No, human, I shall not eat you. "'You are free.' "'Then turning to face the multitude of black and white animals "'that had assembled before them, he yelled... And so shall it be for all humankind. We must learn to work together, all of us. United as one, we shall rise and usher in a new day of peace and harmony for humans and black and white animals alike. Who will stand with me? Who will raise the paw, fin, or wing of friendship to this human, as a token of peace and camaraderie. For in every soul there is worth, and in every heart there is. Ling Ling's head rolled from his shoulders and onto the pavement like a firm round melon falling from a roadside produce stand. The congregation of animals went numb with shock. Before them stood the tall shadowed figure of a zookeeper, wielding a ferocious-looking garden rake. The cryptic zookeeper silhouette laughed ominously and lifted the severed panda head from the ground. The champion rises. I have found a new host, one with no room in its shadowy heart for love or compassion. And now, see how your leader has fallen. You will soon bow your heads again before the Emperor's throne. Without a leader, you
1: cannot stand. <laughs> and
0: with that, the sadistic shade of a zookeeper bounded away from the assembly with amazing speed, leaping completely over a snowcone shack and vanishing from view. The assembly of black and white animals cried out in horror, wailing and shuffling about. Fear blanketed the entire audience in thick, choking sweeps. The swelling ocean of animal distress neared the point of hysteria, and then suddenly the crowd began to calm. Brenda was rising to her feet her battered child still in her arms. She looked out over the vast sea of black and white sprawled before her. The animals were all staring at her. Then the stillness was broken as one solitary penguin reluctantly raised its tiny right flipper up into the air. Several moments later, a sheep toward the back of the crowd, bleated and leaned back, also raising its front leg into the air as high as it would extend. Gradually, the crowd began to take on a more vertical shape, from amorphous lumps of black and white to creatures of distinct posture and intent. Ferrets, marbled salamanders, cormorants, zebras, badgers, lemurs, cows, kittens... Animals of all shapes and sizes, but only two colors, stood tall and faced Brenda, extending their right appendages upward, toward her. Brenda looked over the landscape of saluting animals, not knowing what to do or say. Shortly, though, after seeing the faces of the creatures before her, full of... Allegiance and hope. She realized that she didn't have to say anything at all. Right now, she just had to look strong for them. To be continued. Well, that was our story. I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry I might have gotten a little choked up in the narration there. This is just a... You know, it's a profound and emotional journey we just went on there together. And I hope you'll join me next week to ride this black and white puppy home. Until then, the Drabblecast staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and myself. Norm Sherman, who would all like to remind you to just tip put the boulder down. An
2: hour ago
0: this place was loaded And noise filled the room like the smoke And Laughter and curses spilled like booze from a glass Words were all slurred when spoke Yes, words were all splurred when spoke In the dark corner table